0: Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Exciting to see what God is doing all over, but more exciting to see what God is doing here. And our heart as a, a church is to see many churches planted here in Taiwan because there's millions here who don't know the gospel, who don't have the gospel, who don't live close to churches where the gospel is shared. And, uh, and so we're believing God. We've sent our first two um, campus missionaries to the School of Campus Missionary Training. Lynn and Mandy went this past year. Praise God. Trained up. Uh, so that's awesome. We're looking for more to go this year. Uh, And we also are looking forward to send our representatives to seminary. Anybody not been to seminary yet? Ready to go to seminary? Um, So uh, just to train more leaders here for this nation. um, Because in a nation of 23 plus million, um, there's so much room for the gospel. Less than 5% people are Christians. And so 95% of this country needs to be reached. Um, And it's up to you and I who know Christ. You know We have to have a, a burden to go and reach them. Uh, and so that's um, that's the goal in, uh, for this year is that we would expand and, and reach more people and just build a, a solid, strong church here from which we can train leaders and send them to other cities and and, uh, and even other nations in the region because uh, I don't even know in, a- in East Asia there are many people who don't know Christ. Amen? And so... We want to be, as, as we enter into 2024, we just want to go ahead and, and reset our vision, we reset our, our um, all of our purpose and our mission and what we're about, why we exist as a church. Uh, we're starting off 2024 fasting together with the rest of our uh, global family, Misery Loves Company, praise God. So I want to encourage you to join with us, whatever it might be, whatever level that you can fast to do something this this um this week and to come here every night we'll be here so join with us as we fast and pray together to seek the lord and reset our hearts setting apart and i love this year's last year's theme was miracles and it's just fun to hear the different uh, miracle healings that happened and uh, miracle breakthroughs that happened in people's lives throughout the year from around the world Uh, but this year our our theme is set apart And it's really talking about uh, a biblical view of holiness. Holiness is one of those words that you don't often use. It's like in normal conversation. There's probably not many of you who went to your office this week and started saying, "Hey, you know, how holy were you this week? (laughs) How's your holiness doing?" Uh, It's just not a, a, a normal topic, but it is a major topic for us as Christians. And it's one of those things that we don't have a good grasp of. What does it mean to be holy? What does it mean that God is holy? What does it mean that we're called to be holy? What does that look like in everyday life? Because as a church, we often talk about um, things in in, in more practical ways of of how the kingdom of God and how the Bible applies to our everyday lives. But sometimes we have to look at the nature of God because in the end, it's God who made us and it's God that we are becoming like. And if we lose track of who God is, then our Christianity can become very much like any other psychotherapy, like any other self-help program once we remove God from what we're doing. But it's God that sets us apart. And so I love that this year we're looking at holiness. What does it mean to be set apart? Because it's not something we talk about often. It's one of those things that's actually very difficult to understand. The holiness of God. What does that mean to me? How do we get our minds around it? More importantly, how does that affect our everyday lives? How does it affect my relationships with my family? How does it affect my, how I do work? How does it affect... How, I, how I, I keep my health and how I handle my finances. Holiness needs to seep into every part of our lives. And so to do that, we need to first get a hold of what does it mean that God is holy. So that's what we're starting on. Um, so go through today. Uh, I think, there we go. Here's our series for the next six weeks. We're going to be looking at set apart what what is holiness, what is biblical holiness, and how does that apply into our lives? How does it set us apart as Christians and mark us? So we're looking this week as God is holy. Next week we're going to look at how holiness was lost because holiness was always God's intention for us. Holiness is revealed. Uh, back to us after we lost holiness. And then how is holiness restored? How do we live out holiness? And how do we see holiness completed in our lives so that we become a holy people? Because holiness always, it's, it's, it's not possible to become holy by ourselves. Holiness always involved community. And so we as a church... You and in, in your connect groups aren't encouraged. You. If you're not in a connect group, you need a, a, a group of men or women around you that where you can encourage each other to walk out this life in holiness. So if you're not in a connect group yet, I encourage you to get in a connect group. We always say as a church, we have two main things, Sunday service and connect groups. These are the two main things that we do. And we believe if you get involved in those two, that you'll grow and your life with God will grow. So our theme scripture for this um, series 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13-16. through 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've just finished this, a series called Advent, looking at Jesus' first arrival on earth 2,000 years ago, where we celebrate at Christmas, but then looking forward to when Jesus will return again and he'll come back in all of his glory and said, prepare your minds for action. Become sober-minded. So as we enter into this series, it's, it's a series about action, applying it to our lives. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And so holiness is something that all of us were called to be and to do. So I know it's a little uncomfortable but we're going to break out of our shell a little bit, turn to your neighbor, and just, just tell them, you're called to be holy. You, you need to be more holy. That's good. See, this is what we do in Connect Cruise. We, we get around each other and we encourage each other. Hey, you need to be holy. Okay, let's. how do I get more holy? What does that mean? You're telling me I need to be holy. I don't understand what that means. Um, and, and so we start to break it down and say, what does that look like in everyday life? All right, so God is holy. This is our first, our first uh, uh, message today, our first sermon. Overview, we're just going to look at what does it mean that God is holy and why is it important that God is holy. You ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your holiness, that you are truly a holy God. And we invite your Holy Spirit to come. And today we, we open our hearts and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, you speak to us you begin to help us understand what we couldn't understand on our own. Lord, we want to start to to get our our minds wrapped around this this concept of holiness and to see, Lord God, you in, in your true holiness and to see how that then impacts our lives so that we too can become holy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what does it mean that God is holy? What does it mean that God is holy? Well, on the on the cover of your booklets, if you don't have one, I encourage you to get one. You can also get a PDF if you like just having it on your phone and carrying it around with you. But what does it mean that God is holy? And I want to encourage you as you start this year, the first few pages of this fasting guide uh, are, are super helpful. Number one is just how to fast. But also, it talks about your not only your plan for fasting, but just taking time at the, the changing of the year, and, and, and you have extra time here in Taiwan because we have Western New Year's and then we have Chinese New Year's. And so you got a whole period of time here in between. So if you feel like you're behind, don't worry. You got time to catch up. But the things you're thankful for, look back over the year and say, what, what has God done? What am I thankful for? Take time to, to seek God. What, in 2024, I will seek God and trust Him in these areas. Faith is trusting God. And the Bible says that the just will live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God so where are you stretching your faith where are you using your faith to trust god for something that you couldn't do on your own and it's good to think through that write it down because faith is one of those things kind of like holiness we hear it in church but and and we all agree to it but we don't actually know what it means and we don't actually know practically how to apply it to our lives but the bible says that if we only hear the word and we don't do it then we live like fools and wise people hear the word, and then they do something about it. And so this here is to help you actually do something about faith, trust in God, and prepare yourself for a good year. If you, if you don't have any goals, if you don't set any, 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 any ambitions for yourself, then it's likely you're going to kind of just live carelessly or loosely and come to the end of year and figure out, what did I do with the past year? Just kind of breathe a lot of air, eat a lot of food, and recycle it, and sort of take up a space. And what did I do? Okay, so things you're committed to praying for. Okay, and um, so I want to encourage you to, to use that. All right. So, what does it mean to be to holy? Set apart. Set apart. That's that's a simple uh, a simple definition of of holiness of what it means to be holy. In God's case, it means that God is different, set apart. God is different. This is kind of a, a phrase that we've started to adopt in, in like common uh, lingo nowadays, uh, especially in sports. If you're on ESPN and someone does something that's just amazing and blows your mind, how did he do that? You know, how did he score so many points? Or how did he make that move? How did he get away uh, from, from that defense? It, then the like guys say, so-and-so, they're, they're different, just different, you know? There's, uh, you know, for all, all the Golden State Warriors fans, there's always, Steph, he's different, you know. There's a new player now for the San Antonio Spurs who's just this freak of nature. It's like, Wim he's just different. He's just different, you know. That means he just does things that other players just can't do. And that's what God is. God is different. He's the first one to define different. And when we say that God is holy, it means God is different. He's not like anybody that you and I know. He's not like anything that we can actually even comprehend. We look at it, slow it down sometimes. And, you know, I, I play a little bit of a guitar. And, and in my early years, I wanted to be like a guitar player. And I watch these guys just, you know, riffing on their guitars. And I, and, and I think, I don't know what they just did there. And then you try to slow the, the video down and look and just think, even slow down, I don't know what they did. And even when I know what they did, I can't make my fingers do it, you know. They're just different from me. And that's like God. It's just far beyond what we can comprehend. God is different. So when you say God is different, this is what it means. This is uh, Revelation chapter 15. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and all the, also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. Now when we get glimpses into heaven, heaven is different. So this is John, the beloved, who actually spent time in heaven while still alive. He had visions of heaven which is different from me. <laughs> you know, I have not had visions of heaven. And here he's trying to describe what heaven looks like. And it's amazing. It's just but it boggles my mind. I'm not I'm not all that imaginative and all not not all that creative, so I really just have a hard time figuring what that means. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the lamb saying great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God almighty. Just and true are your ways, O king of the nations. And so in heaven, Not only will things be fantastically more different, but we'll still worship. And so I want to encourage you, you know, on Sundays we sing here because we're preparing for eternity. And so I want to encourage you, come, come early, you know, jump into the worship time, get prepared for heaven because this is what you're going to be doing for all of eternity, so work on your voice, learn to sing your parts, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed in heaven, so just, God's going to say, what were you doing Sunday mornings? I was at home just eating breakfast, you know, I gave you all those years to practice, all right, so come and practice, Um, sing these songs, oops, it says, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy, All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. I tell you, when we start to talk about the holiness of God, oftentimes it starts. We we think, "What is it?" You know, we 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 get glimpses of heaven, and we imagine what God might look like, and what would the place where He dwells look like. I've been in some nice homes, but you got to imagine what would God's home look like. God is just different from you and I. But that not only is, is just a heavenly thing, but, but then God also created the universe. And that's different. I don't know about you and I, but I have a hard time just creating you know, drawings, sometimes just putting together IKEA stuff where I already have plan, uh, you know, instructions on how to do it. Uh, but God created the universe. And I think sometimes we just have to sit back and, and, and absorb that. The God who created the universe. And to understand the beauty of the universe and what he created. Like I love the Nature Channel. Uh, I was zo- studied zoology in college. So I love animals and I love, you know, um, BBC Earth and uh, the, all these shows. Uh, love Nature Channel. And, and I'm always astounded at these different stories of nature. And the, the incredible things that God has created. And I mean, we could take all day and just talk about animal after animal after animal and natural thing after natural phenomenon that just boggles our minds. But I'll just give you a couple here today. So this here is a Uzel, or it's a, a water uh, a dipper, uh, the North American water dipper, small little bird that lives uh, up high in the mountains uh, above, uh, alongside streams, and, and it loves to eat uh, food that's at the bottom of the streams. And so what the dipper does is it will just go down underwater and it will walk along the bottom of, the, of, the, of this, these streams and find like grubs and things to eat, which is not what birds are supposed to do. It's like a, you know, uh, especially not, but, but it's so designed the way its blood is, the way its muscles are, the way it, it gets rid of, of excess air and the way it, it holds oxygen. It's designed to, to be able to stay underwater. And to live this way and I love how God did that you know how he, he just uniquely designs uh, each animal and and you might say well that's just you know evolution over time it just you know got that way and you know the first one tried to eat a little bit and, and it got cold and then the next one and over a few million years one one all of a sudden developed better blood and so it was better you know started eating you could eat more underwater um, and great if uh, you know that's exciting but then we we talk about the bees and you ever heard the phrase, there used to be an old phrase. We don't use it much in America anymore or in English. But it's like, you're the bee's knees. It's like, you know, you're like just the, you're the best. You know, you're, you're, you're the bee's knees. And, and where does that come from? And what it is about the bee's knees, bee's knees, they have these, um, this hair. You can't really see it, but they're, they're very hairy. And, and why they're very hairy is because bees love to go into flowers and eat pollen. But that pollen gets all over them and it fills all of their, their, their where they, they breathe in air. And so if they they didn't have and and so what they use their knees for is to then wipe that pollen away so that they can breathe because they need the pollen but they also need to breathe and I don't know if you know the first bee that liked pollen would just kind of held its breath until the next uh, you know until until it developed uh, hair on its knees or if the hair on the knee was there first and then it started liking pollen started eating and saying how do I get rid of all this stuff oh I got this hair on my knees they clear it all out you know. But I think God just designed it that way. I don't think he said, just hold your breath, eventually, the, you know, give evolution a few million years and eventually you'll have hair on your knees and it's going to be all good, you know? I just, I just think God designs things that way. And so I love nature. And, and that's just here on Earth, right? And then we look into the, 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 the universe and And uh, every time I go home, I have a friend who's um, he's a planetary scientist, and so he's always talking about stuff he's doing and, and right now he's he's just retired. he was the head of the ocean Earth um, uh, department in, in Hawaii, and now he's like gathering all his stuff, just thousands of slides and papers and stuff, and creating a, a, a like a repository of all this stuff and so it, it just it amazes me the universe, and he became a, a Christian because. As you looked at the universe, you read a book called uh, Just Six Numbers by Martin Rees. And it just goes through six of the major constants um, that, that we have what we call elemental constants. There are things like pi and the, the, the force of gravity that, are, that always stayed the same. And there's six of them that if any of them varied, some by just one millionth of a billionth varied, the universe would not exist the way it does today and and he said when you read these things and you see just how finely tuned the universe is for us to exist i said it is it's just there there has it has to be by design there's no way that it, all this could have happened by chance because we just wouldn't exist small things that, that, like the constant of gravity if it was a little stronger or a little weaker we would not be able to live Uh, These different constants—the constant that determines how molecules bond together—if it was just a little more or a little little less, then hydrogen and uh, oxygen and uh, nitrogen wouldn't bond together in a way that we could breathe and live. We would all die. Uh, Or or what they call Einstein's greatest mistake: there's this force. uh, It's the opposite of gravity, uh, and it's the force that causes things to be repelled. And it's a super weak force. It's—it's—it's a force that has like 120 zeros before a number. So, you know, so it's like super weak and people wonder, how is that even a force? You know, how does that even exist? But the key about this force is that the, the further things get apart, the stronger it becomes. And it's so finely tuned that if it wasn't exactly what it is, the universe would not exist the way it exists because the planets wouldn't expand. And, and, and so as you go through these ways that, that the universe is so finely tuned, and, and then you look at just how beautiful the universe is. This is uh, Alpha Centauri, our, our closest um, star, 4.367 light years away. That means you have to travel at the speed of light. So speed of light is like for when the flames on the sun, energy produces light. It takes like seven minutes for it to get from the sun to the earth. But for us to get to the next closest star, Alpha Centauri, would be going at that speed for 4.367 years. That's far away, right? And you start to, just, to just try to imagine the vastness of this universe that God created. It's 25 trillion miles from earth to try to give you a number. That's, a, that's more miles than on the odometer of my car. <laughs> and, and if I had those many miles, if I flew those many miles, I could fly first class the rest of my life, stay in any hotel I wanted to, right? Um, but, but here, that, that's just one, one, one star. And then we have the Andromeda gal- galaxy, which is the next galaxy, closest to our galaxy. Within our galaxy, the Milky Way, they estimate there's 100 billion stars. So that's the size. Our closest star is four plus light years away. In our one galaxy, 100 billion stars. Then you look at, at these galaxies, the, the next galaxy over, this is uh, and, Andromeda, and, and the estimation is there's over 100 billion galaxies in the universe that we're aware of. So you just have to imagine the vastness of this God. He created all of it. That's amazing. It's more amazing when, when, when guys like Stephen Hawking come and say, well, theoretically, according to the, the equations, all of this came from nothing from a infinitesimal point that's what the science says that's the way science way beyond what i understand so um, but but only 100 billion stars but you you have beautiful things like like these nebula which, which are huge, made up of the same substance of stars, but not as, all, as, as dense as stars, and, and, and all the star substance spread out. And these, these are in addition to the 100 billion stars in our galaxy. You have nebulae, which are just beautiful. Um, and then you just look at the size of all of that. You could, Our sun, we could have a, 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 a million Earths could fit inside the sun. And the sun is not one of the larger stars. And there's a little point um, I mean, it just begins to bog your mind when you try to get our brains around this universe that God created. So when we say that God is different, we can create type A one-on-one. God creates the Milky Way. Yes, God's different. Okay? Are we good with that? God is pure. He's separate from sin. And when we say that God is pure, that means he has no sin. And what that means is not that just God keeps himself from sin and he does everything right. It means that anything that is not God, is not a reflection of God, is sin. Wherever God is not, there is sin. So God and sin is kind of like light and dark. Wherever the light is, darkness goes. Darkness is just the absence of light. And wherever light or the reflection of light is, darkness just can't, is is not there. So darkness is just really the absence of light. Sin is the absence of God. And it's when we're not a reflection of God. And so I don't know about you, but there's a lot of areas of my life that are still in the realm of sin where I don't really care about God and I'm not thinking about God and I'm not a reflection of God. But holiness is where God dwells. And that's our goal is to always be with God And to become a reflection of God. This is what it means to be a Christian. God is pure. In fact, God is what defines holiness. God is holy. So when you say something is holy, that means that either God is involved in it or it's a reflection of God. And so in our lives, the only way we get holy is by having God involved in our lives. Or having our lives be a reflection of God. In other words, when we say holy, we're really saying God. Same thing. In just this past week, we we're reading some things in our minds that we think, that doesn't seem like holiness. But when God's in it, he makes it holy. And so I, I was I was just struck this past week when we we're doing the daily, the daily reading. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done the daily reading, to just get involved, just start. Uh, you can find it on our website, jump on. Um, we're going through the New Testament this year, which is pretty pretty amazing. Um, and so, as we go through the, the New Testament together, we're reading and we're starting in Matthew. Uh, and so, this week I was reading just the, the genealogy of Jesus from Matthew chapter 1. And in the genealogy of Jesus, there's always these, you know, this man, we got that man, we got that man. And then there's, there's these women that are thrown in there, five of them. And it starts off with the first woman thrown in there is Tamar. And Tamar was a woman who played the prostitute, who acted like a prostitute to sleep with her father-in-law in order to, to make a baby, in order to show his injustice and to show him his righteousness. Now, in my mind, that doesn't make sense. You know, to go act like a prostitute, sleep with your father. None of those things seem like righteousness to me. And, and, and yet, her doing that brought about justice. And she's included in Jesus' genealogy. And then there's Rahab, who was a prostitute. She didn't just act like a prostitute. She was a prostitute. And she's included in, in Jesus' genealogy. And there's a Ruth who wasn't even a, a, a Jew. And Bathsheba, who committed adultery with her and then murdered her husband. And then she and David got married. And you think, that doesn't compute as righteousness to me either. And holiness. And yet God, when he touches these things, he turns them into something that produces holiness. Why? Because... God is holy. And everything that he's involved in becomes holy. That's the beauty of who God is. That's why God is so different from us. Jesus Christ, who took on all sin, who became a murderer, a liar, an adulterer for you and I, out of that, out of his murder, came our righteousness. And it's only because Jesus took on sin that you and I can become holy. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All that have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Why is it important that God is holy? The Bible says He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, uh, for by Him, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Why is it important that God is holy? Because he's the one who holds everything together. And if he wasn't different from us, would he be able to hold everything together? He's the one who keeps all those constants, constant. He's the one who created this earth in such a way that you and I can sit here and have a conversation while moving at 67,000 miles an hour through the the universe. And yet we just sit here and talk and we can walk around and function because God holds it all together. I'm glad that God is holy. I'm glad that he's different. I couldn't do any of that, but God can. It says, strive for peace with everyone and, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So you and I, we also need to be holy. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves that the truth is not in us. All of us have places in our lives where God is not present and places that are not a reflection of God. For the wages of sin is death and the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And these areas of sin in our life bring death to our lives. They bring death to our emotions, death to our relationships, death to our hopes and dreams, death to our ability to love others, death to our ability to have faith. You wonder why you struggle with insecurity or fear. It's because of this, because of sin in our lives and the lack of God's holiness in our lives, which is the lack of His presence and being a reflection of Him. See, we think of holiness as some kind of moral standard that we live up to. But actually holiness is God and having Him in our lives. Living up to a certain moral standard is just dead religion. And that can be just as destructive as any other sin when we remove God from it. That's why religion has been often so destructive. That's why the most religious people were the ones who crucified Jesus. All we like sheep have gone astray, who've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. But our sin was put on Jesus. And here's a, here's a we're close with this. Isaiah chapter 6 story which is a picture of holiness in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple so the prophet Isaiah he was a prophet to the king and and when the king died this king that he loved all of a sudden he saw the Lord and oftentimes it takes the death of things that we love in our lives to really begin to see the Lord God was high and lifted up. Above him stood the seraphim. Seraphim are these amazing angels with six wings. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I have not. (laughs) It's kind of like, okay, this is weird now. What does this really mean, holiness? And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal uh, that he had... uh, taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And this is just such a powerful picture of the holiness of God. Because Isaiah, he, he, uh, he saw the presence of God, the holiness of God, and what it did is it, 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 it brought great fear to his life. He thought he was going to die and be destroyed because the holiness of God can bring destruction to our lives when we're not prepared for it. And he said, well, what, what do you mean? I thought God's holiness was a good thing and God wants us to be holy. How is it that his holiness is such a threat and to be feared and cause, cause Isaiah to just tremble and shake with fear? And it's kind of like this. I, I love um, the, the, the Bible Project. Uh, Tim Mackey puts it this way. And, and the, the, the daily reading that we're doing is actually uh, put together by, by the Bible Project guy, guys. They have some great videos that help to explain the Bible. So that's one of the benefits of doing the daily the, the reading. But he, he has this video about the holiness of God. And he, he equates the holiness of God with the Son. And the Son is necessary. You and I, we'd have no life if it weren't for the Son. And if you're like my wife, she especially loves the sun. She hates the cold. More sun she wants, you know. And, and so we just know that life on earth would not exist without the sun. And we love the sun. But if we don't prepare ourselves for when we spend time in the sun, even in a place like Taiwan or Hawaii, you get sunburn from this sun that we love. But you also can, can get sunstroke. And if you get too exposed, you can have cancer skin cancer i had a dear friend who died of skin cancer and if you get even closer to the sun like icarus you get incinerated and that's god the sun he's a source of life of warmth of light and we need him but we need to prepare ourselves for when we come into his presence he wants us to draw near. We just have to prepare our hearts to draw near. And that's why Jesus came. So the Bible says that when you walk with Jesus, when you allow Jesus to forgive you through his blood to be forgiven of your sins, then you, when you come into the presence of God, we experience God the way that He always wanted us to experience Him. His love, His grace. You see, this is what holiness is. It's the presence of God. It's who he is. We need a God who is different. Mm-hmm. God's love is so different from our love. I just did a wedding yesterday and explained to the couple, this is what the world says about love, but this is what God, the Bible says, and what the Bible says about love is so different. And it's why people who follow the Bible have such a low divorce rate and people who don't have such a high divorce rate. Because what the world teaches us about love is so, for a better term, messed up. God is the author of true love. And the way that he tells it is what's going to build you a great marriage, a great family, a great community, a great workplace, a great neighborhood. And that's what God's holiness does to every aspect of our lives, whether it's our work, our health, our relationships. And so as we come into this series on the holiness of God, ultimately as we embrace the holiness of God, then God fills us with that holiness that we become messengers of holiness to others. Not the kind of holiness that sticks his finger in the face of others, but the kind of holiness that when it get, comes into contact with sin, it actually makes the sin go away. See, the angel took that coal from the fire, and when he touched Isaiah, Isaiah may have at first fear, is this, is this holiness, is this de- these demands of God going to burn me and destroy my life? But rather, it healed him. And that's exactly like Jesus. All the things that would cause a person to be unclean, touching sick people, touching dead bodies, being with prostitutes, normally that would make the righteous person unclean and unable to go into the temple. But when Jesus touched them with his holiness, a reflection of God's holiness, it made the unclean clean. See, that's Christianity. We don't go into the world to condemn the world. We go to bring them love the way that God shows love, peace the way that God shows peace. We come to free them from the effects of sin in their lives. And so I'm so excited as we go into this series Embrace holiness and learn to walk. What does that practically look like? That we can live the kind of holy lives that bring healing and restoration to others. And so, today, as we close, I just want to we're going to close by taking communion. Would you stand with me? The reason why we're taking communion is because I just think the first Sunday of the year is good to remember what Jesus had done for us because it's through his death, which seemed like darkness and sin, we are able to experience righteousness and holiness and so we're going to celebrate the death of Jesus as we begin our year because it's this Jesus sacrifice that makes us holy the bible says that Jesus took the bread the night that he was betrayed and he broke it and said this is my body broken for you Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord Jesus, today we remember what you did for us. Your broken body. That is not our righteousness. It's not our holiness, but it's your holiness. Touching our lives. Because in and of ourselves, Lord, we're full of sin. And we would be destroyed. But your holiness is so good. That that goodness touches our hearts and lives. frees us from our sins. Heals our brokenness. And so bless the bread, Lord God. May it represent your presence in our lives. And Lord, may we carry that presence into 2024. A holiness that brings healing to others. Bless the bread now, we pray in Jesus' name. Scripture says that in the same way Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And that new covenant is that whenever we confess our sins, he'll forgive our sins. Not only that, but he'll give us a new heart. A heart that avoids sin, that goes away from sin, that pursues God. A heart that opens itself up to the presence of God and allows our lives to be a reflection of his life. And so, Lord, we pray that you bless the cup. We're so thankful for the shed blood of Jesus that only not only washes and makes us clean, but it restores and renews the covenant you made with us. Give us new hearts this year, hearts that pursue you, that love you, that we might be holy just as you are holy. Bless the cup, we pray. In Jesus' name, let's Amen. I'm so glad that I don't have to be holy on my own. But there's a holiness that comes from God's holiness. Today as we close and we end this first uh, Sunday of the year, I just want to a pray a prayer of blessing over us as the body of Christ. And then we're also going to just open up the altars. Our prayer ministers will be up here. If you'd like to get some prayer uh, as the service ends, you're more than welcome to come forward. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for each one here. And today, Lord God, as we consider your holiness, our prayer, Lord God, is that our lives be touched by your holiness. That not by works of righteousness that we've done, but by your mercies, you saved us. That because Jesus came and lived a holy life, that we can be touched by the holiness of God, not in fear to consume our lives. But we can embrace the touch of your holiness to cleanse us, heal us, to give us new life. Father, I pray that as a church, you would teach us to walk in your holiness. And that as a congregation, we would be a reflection of you wherever we go. That we would carry that light with us. To be a reflection of your face to others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May you go in the holiness of God. Yes, praise God. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at EveryNationTaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.